Magma Pass, Chapter 8 Girls, look, the captain said, tapping the passenger side window. Veronica glanced up from her iPad just long enough to read the sign. Magma Skyway, open June to September. Enter at your own risk. Why is it only open in the summer? Maddie asked. Too much snow, the captain said. Over 20 feet a year. No snowplow dares work this high. The snow comes in October and stays until May, unless the lava melts it sooner, of course. There won't be any lava today, Veronica's dad said. We'll be over the pass in no time. For now, enjoy the view. Just let me know if you see anything weird. What do you mean weird? Veronica asked. He didn't answer. He swiped the car's screen, displaying a colorful map of the surrounding ground. Green patches denoted normal temperatures, yellow above 120 degrees, orange above 500 degrees, and red above 1,000 degrees. I've never seen the screen so yellow, Veronica said. The captain glanced at the newfangled screen exactly once, focusing his attention wholly on the road. But Veronica's dad was fixated on the screen. He fiddled with the radio and pushed the pedal to the floor. A high, shaky voice rasped long-haired poetry through the speakers, something about castles burning. Turn it down, Veronica grumbled. No oldies, please. Her father ignored her, zigzagging up one of the narrowest roads on earth. A one-lane dirt road, the Magma Skyway lacked any lane markings or guardrails. It climbed relentlessly up a volcanic plateau, one dangerous switchback after another. Maddie noticed the out-of-place floral arrangements. Who put the flowers on the bends? She asked. And what do the crosses mean? Oh, they're nothing, Veronica's dad said. You can play on the iPad now if you like. Veronica braced herself as the car skidded into another hairpin turn, the iPad the furthest thing from her mind. She could feel the centrifugal force pushing her into the door, as if she were riding on a roller coaster. The steel of the door handle pressed into her belly. Her stomach tightened, and she began to sweat. She closed her eyes as if trying to escape, but the scratchy whine of the radio was too much. Dad, enough, she exploded. You're driving too fast. What if another car is coming, and the flowers, they mark death at every turn, and you know it. Her father turned off the radio. Veronica, please, he said. If there were another way to mount mystery, I'd take it, but there isn't. I want to get off this road as much as you, but you have to calm down. This car never let us down before, and it's not going to today, his voice softened. Besides, I'd see other cars in plenty of time on the screen. Everything will be fine, I promise. Veronica's stomach was doing backflips. The curvy road was too much. She cracked her window, then opened it all the way. Maddie squeezed her hand. Veronica closed her eyes and stroked Lucky's soft fur. She breathed in the fresh air, exhaled all her worries, and blinked open her eyes. The trees beyond the window grew smaller as the car climbed higher. They looked more like tree flags than trees, with all the branches sticking out of one side as if blowing in a stiff wind. If something as delicate as a tree could live up here, Veronica thought, it can't be too dangerous. The trees disappeared as they climbed still higher. The top is just ahead, the captain said. 
This is the tree line, the boundary above which no tree can grow. It's too cold, too windy, and too high. Veronica felt instantly worse. Then she saw the sign, its rusted edges waving back and forth in the howling wind. Magma Pass. Elevation, 10,800 feet. The top, she yelled. We made it. But rather than descend, the road leveled off onto a vast plain. Dozens of spectacular rock towers rose out of the ground, some more than a thousand feet high. Purple lilac carpeted the tundra amidst yellow grasses and brown stones. Furry bison, white elk, and mountain goats dotted the landscape, grazing under billowy clouds and deep blue skies. We didn't make anything yet, the captain said, eyeing the rock towers. We're still above treeline, totally exposed. Exposed to what, Veronica thought to ask, but she didn't really want to know. She just wanted to feel better. Her motion sickness finally subsided as the road straightened. She sniffed the sweet fragrance of wild lilac and admired the rock pillars that pointed to heaven beneath a golden sun. How did these towers get here anyway? she asked. They're called lava necks, the captain said, and they're formed by volcanoes. Sometimes the magma in the center of a volcano's pipe hardens into rock. Rain and snow erode the soft outer rock, leaving only the solid magma core, the lava neck. Can they erupt? Can and do, the captain said. The magma hardens, but if there's enough pressure underground, the whole tower can blow. Lava necks are unstable and totally unpredictable. Now, both girls studied the towers, searching for anything weird. Maddie craned her neck straight up. A goat, she said. Just a hundred feet away, a white mountain goat picked its way precariously to the pointed tip of the tallest pillar, where it stopped, still as stone, like a guard in its watchtower. Mountain goats are some of the most sure-footed animals in the world, the captain narrated. They climb the steepest cliffs and make leaps no human would ever... No! Maddie gasped. The mountain goat tumbled from its perch, plummeted off a ledge, and bounced off the tundra floor, broken amidst the wildflowers. The lava car spoke. A female robotic voice droned, Eruption, danger, eruption, danger. A buzzer sounded. The car's windows closed and its lava shields deployed. The girl's attention focused on the screen in the center of the dashboard. The tower of the fallen goat lit up in orange. Daddy, I'm scared, Veronica said. For the first time in her life, she watched the car's speedometer break 90 miles per hour. Suddenly, the lava neck's topmost spire crumbled and crashed. The boom sent the bison scurrying. A one-ton buffalo stampeded straight for them. Veronica buried her face in her hands. The lava car swerved, missing the beast so narrowly that its saliva misted the side window. The earth heaved and rolled, exploding with a thunderous roar. A thick gray pyroclastic cloud of hot pulverized rock erupted high into the summer sky. Veronica covered her ears, overwhelmed by the enormity of the sound. Two hundred miles away, Veronica's mother was playing dollhouse in the playroom with Elise. She heard the distant rumble. On this cloudless day, she knew what it meant. Please, she thought, please be off the pass. She remembered Veronica's hug and prayed it would not be the last. The captain turned to the back seat. Girls, 
he mouthed, shell-shocked as if in slow motion. Are you okay? He watched his daughter's faraway eyes focus on the fearsome cloud billowing just outside her window. The car noticed their predicament. External air toxic. Air filters and oxygen tank activated. The screen flashed the levels of the poisonous gases spewing into the atmosphere. A single breath would sear their lungs and bring instant death. Veronica's dad buried the accelerator to the floor. The glowing cloud loomed large in the rearview mirror. It's going to be okay, he said. We can outrace it. But daddy, Veronica said, looking out the back window. The cloud, it's getting closer. <laughs>